Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, growing in faith and friendship. Well, won't you take your Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 4 and verses 21 to 31. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but the son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. These things have been taken figuratively. The woman represents two covenants. The one covenant is from Mount Sinai, and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for the Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children, but the Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Be glad, barren woman, you who bore a child, you who never bore a child, shout for joy and cry aloud, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. But what does Scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. So we continue in our series through the book of Galatians, entitled Freedom in Jesus. And today we're looking at Galatians chapter 4 and verses 21 to 31, where Paul, well, which is a very difficult and confusing passage about Hagar and Sarah, about a slave woman and a free woman and a barren woman and a mountain and, and Jerusalem. I mean, what is that all about? It's enough to confuse anyone. You know, I was uh, actually thinking about skipping this passage and just going on to the next one. Uh, but there was a couple of weeks ago, I had a conversation with Rob, uh, and Rob said, hmm, I see you skipping the section about Hagar and Sarah. Don't blame you. Very confusing. Uh, and I thought that was a real challenge to me. Uh, <laughs> I know it wasn't meant as a challenge, but, you know, uh, it, it is a very difficult, technical, and confusing passage. And I thought I wouldn't be a very responsible Bible teacher if I at least didn't try to explain it to you. Uh, and so today I'm going to try and unpack it uh, to the best of my ability. And so it's going to be more of a teaching than, than normal. And if by the end, if you're still confused, well then, blame Rob. <laughs> <laughs> All right, firstly, uh, we need to understand the context. Uh, and, and Paul writes in verse 21, Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? Now, this reminds us of the context. Hopefully, you should know by now. Paul went to Galatia, went to the Galatians and preached the gospel. The good news of Jesus, that we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. That there's absolutely nothing we need to do. We just need to put our faith in Jesus. But after Paul had left, there were these troublemakers, uh, these, these Jewish Followers of Jesus from Jerusalem who had come to Galatia and told the Galatians that faith in Jesus is not enough. If you want to be truly accepted by God, you 
first have to become Jewish. And the way you do that is by obeying all the laws of Moses, the Ten Commandments, and so on. And so they were saying, look, it's great that you've put your faith in Jesus, but that's just the first step. Now you need to obey all the commandments in the Bible if you truly want to be accepted by God as a child of God. And the Galatians believed them. And so now the Galatians wanted to be under the law, the law of Moses. That means they have to obey all the Jewish rules and regulations and religious festivals. That means they have to eat like a Jew, dress like a Jew, live like a Jew. And so Paul says, you who want to be under the law, do, do you not, are you not aware of what the law says? Are you not aware of what the Bible actually says? And then he tells them what the Bible actually says. Uh, and, and we read in verse 22, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and the other by a free woman. And so he reminds them of the story of Abraham and his two sons, which you can read about in Genesis chapter 16 and chapter 21. Why does he remind them of this story? Well, it's most likely that these troublemakers had said, We are the children of Abraham. You see, Abraham was the father of the Jewish nation, and so the Jews took great pride in being a child of Abraham. And they believed that if you were a child of Abraham, that meant God accepted you. That meant you were a child of God. And if you weren't a child of Abraham, then at best, you are a second-class citizen. You, you are not a proper child of God. You, you are an illegitimate child of God. And so these Galatians want to be a child of Abraham. And the way you can be adopted into the family is by obeying all the laws of Moses. And so Paul says, okay, so, so you want to be a child of Abraham. Great. But who is your mother? You see, there were, there were two sons, and they had two different mothers. They had the same father, but they had two different mothers. One was, a, was a, a slave woman, and the other was a free woman. And if your mother is a slave woman, you're still a slave. Okay, let me just remind you of the story of Abraham, otherwise it gets a bit confusing. So, God appeared to Abraham. And God promised to bless Abraham, and God promised to give Abraham a child, a son. And God promised that through that son, Abraham would become a great nation. In other words, through that son, he would have many descendants. But there was a problem. Sarah, Abraham's wife, was barren. She was infertile. And so the question is, Will they trust God? Initially, they do. But after a number of years, Sarah was still barren. And neither Abraham nor Sarah were getting any younger. So they decided, rather than trusting God, they would take matters into their own hands. And Sarah suggests to Abraham that he sleeps with her servant, her slave, Hagar, and has a child through Hagar. Now, it sounds pretty crazy to us, but in that culture, if a husband slept with his wife's slave woman, 
and had a child with her, that child was legally the child of the wife. And so that's exactly what Abraham does. He, he sleeps with Hagar, and she gives birth to a son called Ishmael. So even though Abraham and Sarah did not trust God and they took matters into their own hand, God still remains faithful to Abraham. God still remains faithful to his promise. And God appears to Abraham again. And once again, God promises Abraham that he will have a son. Many years later, Finally, Abraham, when he's, the, he's 100 years old, and, and Sarah, she's 90 years old. I can just imagine Abraham with his walker. Sarah probably had long gray hair, probably couldn't see very well. Finally, after years of waiting, the two of them become parents, and they give birth to a son called Isaac. Can you imagine that? I mean, that is miraculous. That is a supernatural birth. That's why Paul says in verse 23, The son of the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but the son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. Not only did the two sons have very different mothers, they were born in very different ways. Now, Ishmael was born according to the flesh. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, it means that he was born in a normal, natural, physical way. Unlike Isaac's supernatural birth. But the word flesh also has a negative connotation. It also has the connotation of human effort, achieving things by your own human effort and your own good work rather than trusting God. It also has the connotation of sinful desires, doing things your own way rather than God's way. And if you remember how Abraham and Sarah, rather than trusting God, took matters into their own hands and how they had tried to engineer the birth of Ishmael by their own human effort, their own plans and schemes, rather than trusting in God and doing things God's way, you can see how Ishmael was born according to the flesh, in the normal, natural, physical way, by human effort and by sinful desires. In complete contrast, Isaac was born as the result of a divine promise. I mean, his birth was miraculous. It was supernatural. And it only came about because God promised it, and Abraham and Sarah put their faith in God. Now, in verse 29, Paul changes the phrase as a result of a divine promise, and he changes it to by the power of the Spirit. That's to emphasize the supernatural characteristics of that birth. The birth only happened because, one, it was promised by God. Two, because they put their faith in God's promise. And three, the Holy Spirit made it a reality. So Paul is effectively saying, 
Okay, so these troublemakers claim that Abraham is their father. They are a child of Abraham. Great, fine, that might be true. But the question is, who is their mother? Now, of course, on a physical level, all Jews are the physical descendants of Isaac. And so their mother is Sarah. Of course, that's true on a physical level. But this is the shocking point that Paul's making. Paul is claiming that on a spiritual level, all Jews are descendants of Ishmael and Hagar. I mean, that's shocking. So why is he saying that? How how can he say that? Well, he's saying that because they put their trust in the flesh. That they put their trust in their human ancestry. We are Jews. We are children of Abraham. That they put their trust in their own human effort, their good works. Look, we obey all the laws of Moses. And in that sense, they are just like Ishmael. They are born according to the flesh. And therefore, Hagar is their mother. And they're in slavery, slavery to the law. However, if you put your faith not in the flesh, but if you put your faith in the promise of God, then it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or not. You will be born as a result of a divine promise, just like Isaac. That means you are included. You are part of the family. You are a child of God. You see, what Paul is claiming is that the true children of Abraham are not the physical descendants, the Jews, but the spiritual descendants, people of faith, people who believe and trust in the promise of God just as Abraham believed and trusted in the promise of God whether you're a Jew or not. And that's why Paul writes earlier in Galatians chapter 3 and verses 6 to 7, so also Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. So Paul uses these two sons, these two different sons, who were born in in completely different ways. He uses them to illustrate, to symbolize two different approaches to relating to God. And we read in verse 24, it says, these things are being taken figuratively. That, That means he's using them, these two sons, as a symbol, as a picture of two different ways of relating to God. And the two different ways is, is Judaism and Christianity. And he goes and says, the woman represents two covenants. The one covenant is from Mount Sinai and bear the children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother. So Paul is using these two sons, these two mothers, as as symbols of two different ways of approaching and relating to God, Judaism and Christianity. And he uses Hagar, and he says Hagar is a symbol of the old covenant. 
which was established at Mount Sinai when God gave the law to Moses, and therefore it's based on the law of Moses and the flesh. Whereas Sarah, this is implied, it isn't explicitly stated, Sarah is a symbol of the new covenant, which was established on the cross, on the basis of a promise and the Spirit. You see, the law says, you shall, you shall not. And then you have to obey it with, by your own human effort and good works, the flesh. Where the promise says, God says, I will, I will. And then he does it by his Spirit. And so Paul says, Hagar also symbolizes the present city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem in that day was enslaved by the Romans. And also as the center of Judaism was filled of people who were enslaved to the law of Moses. And it's a great symbol for all of those who put their trust in the flesh. Their own human ancestry, their heritage, their own good works, their own human effort. The result will be slavery. Whereas the Sarah, Sarah symbolizes the Jerusalem that is above, that's heaven. All who put their faith in the promise of God, all who put their faith in Jesus, are citizens of heaven. And Paul says, she is our mother. If you've put your faith in Jesus, then by the Holy Spirit, you become a child of Abraham. Sarah becomes your mother. You become a citizen of heaven, and the result is freedom. Okay, now if that isn't confusing enough, Paul throws in another curveball in verse 27. And he says, For it is written, Be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child, shout for joy and cry aloud. You who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who is, has a husband. Okay, so over here, Paul is quoting from Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 1. In that prophecy, the, the barren woman was referring to the city of Jerusalem. At the time when all the Jews were led off into captivity, all the children were led off into captivity. And it was a promise by God that they would return. And when they returned, there would be more children in Jerusalem then than there were previously. Now, Paul takes this prophecy and he reapplies it. He likens the barren woman to Sarah for obvious reasons. She's barren. And when we put our faith in Jesus, because when we put our faith in Jesus, we become the children of Sarah, we fulfill this prophecy. She, Sarah, the barren woman, will have more children than the slave wife, Hagar. So what Paul's effectively saying is that there will be more followers of Jesus than there are followers of Judaism. And of course, when Paul wrote that, there were way more followers of Judaism than there were followers of Jesus. But this prophecy has been well and truly fulfilled today because there are millions and millions of people who are followers of Jesus. Finally, Paul applies this text. And we read in verse 29. At that time, the son born according to the flesh, that's Ishmael, Persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit, that's Isaac. 
It is the same now. So Paul reminds us of of what happened after Isaac was born. After Isaac was born, when Isaac was about three years old and Ishmael was about 17 years old, Ishmael mocked and ridiculed Isaac. He persecuted Isaac. And Paul says it's the same in his day. The Ishmaels, those troublemakers who believe that you need to put your faith in Jesus, plus you need to obey all the laws of Moses, were persecuting the Isaacs. Those who believed that, that it was faith in Jesus plus nothing. They were persecuting the Galatians. They were persecuting Paul. And, and we need to expect the same. If we are children of the promise, then we need to expect to be treated like Isaac was treated. We, you know, if we believe that we are made right simply by putting our faith in Jesus then we need to expect persecution. But take note, the persecution doesn't come from the outside. The persecution doesn't come from non-Christians. Who are the Ishmaels? The Ishmaels were those who had put their faith in Jesus, but they also believed you needed to obey all the commands in the Bible. These are your your self-righteous, judgmental, legalistic Christians. These are the religious guys. The greatest opposition that Paul faced wasn't from the outside. It was from his fellow Jewish followers of Jesus and from fellow Jews. The greatest opposition that Jesus faced wasn't from the outside. It, it, it was from the religious leaders, the Pharisees. The greatest opposition to the gospel isn't from the outside, but from the inside. And the greatest opposition you will experience is not going to be from the outside, but it's going to be from legalistic Christians. Paul then writes in verse 30, But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. And over here, Paul reminds us what happened after Ishmael had persecuted Isaac. You see, Sarah realized what was going on. And so she went to Abraham and she asked Abraham to send Hagar and Ishmael away. And so as a result, Abraham sent Hagar and Ishmael away and they did not share in the inheritance. And you see, if we don't put our faith in Jesus if we don't purely depend upon God's promise, but try to earn our own salvation by our own human effort and good works, then we too will miss out on the inheritance. And and if you like the the, the troublemakers, you you put your faith in Jesus, but, but you're also very legalistic. You may still go to heaven, but you will miss out on the joy and the life and the freedom that God wants you to experience now. And when it says, get rid of the slave woman and her son, it's meaning we need to get rid of the Ishmael that's inside all of us. We we all have Ishmael tendencies. We all have legalistic tendencies. We all have religious tendencies inside ourselves. 
It's so easy to turn the gospel into a law. It's so easy to turn our relationship with with God into a religion where it's all about following rules. It's so easy to think that our relationship with God is dependent upon the strict adherence to certain rules and regulations and church traditions. And there's something inside of us that likes rules. I mean, we like rules. It gives us a sense that we're in control. But all it does is it enslaves us to those rules and it sucks the life out of us. So get rid of the slave woman and her son. Get rid of that Ishmael tendency within yourself and put your trust and your faith solely in the promise of God, solely in Jesus. And then by the Holy Spirit, you will become a child of God and you will share in the inheritance and you will experience forgiveness and life and freedom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess that we all so easily slip into a legalistic mindset. And we we, we like rules. It makes us feel like we're in control. We're comfortable in that. And Father, it's so easy to become religious and judgmental and self-righteous. Father, won't you forgive us? Won't you forgive us? And and Father, it's so easy to think, oh, oh, we sorted because of, no, we've done this, we've got good works, or, or because of our heritage, or whatever else. Father, help us to realize it's all because of you. It's not because of how good we are, but because of how good you are. And to trust in you solely and simply in you. To bring nothing, but just simply to cling on to the cross. And so, Father, we, we thank you for this very confusing passage, but through it all, you still speak to us. And Father, we pray that we would be able to put our faith in, in you, put our faith in your promise and receive all that goodness that you have for us. And we thank you for the story of Abraham that we see that even when we are faithless, even when we get it wrong, you don't give up on us. And you are faithful to your promise. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your love and your grace. And so, Father, help us to get rid of the Ishmael that is within us, and just to come to you and receive all the goodness that you have for us. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.